And we're back. All right. So I think it's funny because I wanted to talk to you about the ultraviolet catastrophe, right? Because you mentioned that. Oh, sure. Thing. And like PBS Space Time this week did, did oh, yeah? a show about oh, well, essentially that what makes I'm it easy, about. huh? So, you can rip them off and teach <laughs> me like in a really well researched, produced way. Perhaps we'll see. Um, Are you going to do your attempt and then yeah, show gonna, me the video? No, well, I'm going to do my attempt, and you can watch the video on your own and, and see probably a better explanation, but one that's not coming from through, you know, through my lens, but sure. through uh, through another lens. But anyway, so the. The ultraviolet catastrophe is, I think, the beginning. Okay, of... before we get into that, just yes. so people are hearing, they're hearing Mexican radio in the background here. That's the band is Wall of Voodoo. Okay, name their next hit. Exactly. Go ahead. Okay, so the ultraviolet catastrophe was kind of the the problem that people were having that led to quantum mechanics. That led okay. to the under, led to uh, all the stuff that turned into quantum mechanics, and it really comes down to it was the end of the 19th century, around that time, and people had a lot of stuff figured out about physics. Right, they had classical mechanics were more or less figured out. So mm-hmm. you know, Newton uh, orbits, that kind of thing. Classical mechanics was there. They also had uh, the understanding of electromagnetism. That was you know James Clark Maxwell. They understood how that worked they had the beginnings of atomic theory and they knew what electrons were things like that they had with boltzmann and some other smart people they had statistical mechanics and thermodynamics statistical mechanics well they understood essentially how gases an ideal gas and how gases worked and how oh ideal gas so okay that makes sense Mm -hmm. okay so they understood then then how transferred heat works so there was thermodynamics and statistical mechanics uh, so atomic theory, electrodynamics, classical mechanics, and it was sort of thought at the time that physics was close to being solved. Uh, and there was only a couple problems that were sort of seemed to be left, and okay. one of them was a problem related to black bodies and black body radiation. So, are you aware of, of what that, of what a black body is? I was. Okay, so. But I, I, just, I probably don't. A black body is a is a hypothetical entity that does not reflect any light. So it can absorb light, and it can emit light, but it doesn't reflect any light. And the idea behind so it can it okay so a black body absorbs light, absorbs light, reflects or emits light, emits light does not reflect light. So the largest black body in our solar system, for example, is the sun. The sun really doesn't reflect light. It doesn't reflect light. Not in any appreciable measure. Okay, so let, let's 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 dig in on that one a little bit because okay, yeah, I have some questions, sure. right? Absolutely. So I was under the impression that Black bodies were... Now, you're talking about the ideal black body, I yeah. guess. doesn't mm-hmm. emit light. But, I mean... Or it does emit light. Or it doesn't reflect light. So, the sun doesn't reflect light because... No photons that hit the sun bounce back out. Mm-hmm. None. I mean, the sun is not an ideal black body. Okay. But, for the most part... It can be modeled as such. Okay, so things that are 
um, Jupiter who emits infrared. Mm -hmm. Or you. Right. Yeah, I emit infrared. Not a black body because I'm reflecting. Not an ideal black body. Not a perfect black body. But I'm not a black body at all. Or am I? Uh, you reflect. Well, I'm a 30-year-old or 40-year-old 40, 40 white guy. But uh, <laughs> the the idea was to understand. But I'm a reflecting light. But I thought black bodies were more of like normal matter. I didn't realize it was things that didn't reflect light. Well, the idea was, so I, I see what you're saying. Um, the idea was to understand why things, when they got hot, started to emit light. Okay. And we they did have a basic understanding of it. And so the black body was was a way to come up with uh the sort of spherical cow if you will of answering the question. Spherical cow is is a physics example that that is brought up because um when when physics bring up uh it's is a joke I suppose in physics that okay. when you start to do uh sort of physics you start to you you imagine the physics that we have is built around circles and spheres, so we imagine spherical things uh, as ideals. Uh, and so the the funny thing is to then say, all right, imagine a spherical cow, because okay. cows obviously aren't spherical, but right. you're still talking about spheres as your uh, as your basis of, of how you're understanding things, and every, as you add stuff, it gets complicated. But the idea is the ideal black body was why do things emit light the way that they do? Okay. Right? Uh, and there is an interesting sort of spectrum, a black body spectrum. If you look at the intensity over the wavelength of light, okay, uh, you see that it as the as it gets hotter and hotter, sorry, sorry, over the temperature, as it gets hotter and hotter, it starts to uh, increase in terms of the the uh, okay, it's not the way it's not the I'm trying to remember exactly how this is plotted but essentially as, as it gets hotter and hotter it starts to emit light more and more mm-hmm. uh, at, at a certain uh, frequency and then it sort of hits a dip and then it goes down sharply like that goes down sharply around so around uh 3,000 Kelvin. But when you're talking about light, you're talking about like any wavelength, right? Yeah. yeah. So it stops emitting radiation. Depending on the temperature here. So the, te- the temperature Right, but moves. at 3,000 Kelvin, it, sto- it re- emits less EM radiation than... No, no, it's at- just the, the, the wavelength of... So this is actually... Oh, the wavelength. The wavelength oh, okay. of, of, of light that it's emitting. Oh, sure goes up to a certain point and then it, it, it kind of steadies out and then it drops. And when you say up, it means it gets shorter. Yeah, it gets shorter and shorter. And then it gets longer? Uh, and then it just drops. So at the, the intensity of light as when, when well, you get so past but, a certain but point. But that's intensity, not wavelength. Your graph is broken. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out. I mean, let me get the exact okay, graph. Okay, right. Sure. No, I mean, get it because, you know, you've been talking at me with physics for many weeks now. And most of the time, I'm not that interested. This is what I'm interested in. Yeah. So okay, great. <laughs> so um, so this is a black body spectrum. With it, yeah, All right. So we have a graph. We have wavelength at the bottom. Wavelength at the bottom. Okay. 
And this is what they call spectral radiance. So we have... Radiance, kil- that's that's luminosity or something right. like that. So that's uh, kilowatts times uh, spectral radiance times meters times... Okay. Wow. Um, <laughs> so, so radiance is not luminosity. Radiance is something very confusing. Okay. Essentially, what you see is at a, at a low temperature, it goes. It sort of gets up to a certain. Like so the Kelvin. low temperatures to the right. So it's kind of cooling down. Da- this is a cooling down graph. Or? Let's see. Yeah. So this is the wavelength. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. yeah so you have the short drop off. Right. What's the blue? What's the different color lines? So this is temperature. So at this temperature, three thousand Kelvin, it the the wavelength it emits, it the the intensity of the wavelength it emits only gets oh. up to about here, in the okay. in, in the very very red. What's the blue line? The blue line is at a very high temperature, but five thousand te- Kelvin. Five thousand, okay. And this is at four hundred Kel- four thousand Kelvin, and it, it sort of it gets up to it doesn't get nearly as high as this, but also you see that it sort of it really quickly drops off. The wavelength drops. The, the, the amount no, the, no, okay, so as the wavelength gets shorter at a certain point for all temperatures mm-hmm. on this graph, what's the black line? This is, I'll, t- I'll talk about this. Okay, yeah. all right, all right, so but for the three other lines, don't pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Um, for the red, green, and blue lines, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 Kelvin, they all have a drop as the wavelength gets shorter. It drops off significantly. It drops off. So at about a so it reaches, half it reaches of a, peak a and then it drops off. What, what scale is that? Half uh, of a. So this is the wavelength is in is in nanometer or micrometers. Half of a micrometer, they drop off. That's probably just so, nanometers. So how does this graph work? You have a black body at a temperature, mm-hmm. but you're shortening is, the wavelength. Yeah, so l- let me go into what the classical theory says, and this might help. Okay. Okay? So the idea was, we sort of understood how, how light worked, essentially. There were, we had, there were atoms that had charged particles inside of them. And we knew what temperature was. Temperature was these things moving around. And then we knew that when charged particles move around, they generate an electromagnetic energy wave. They radiate into this electromagnetic energy, which is light. Okay. All right? Mm-hmm. So... You then had a classical theory called the Rayleigh-Jeans Law, which said that, all right, if you look at this classically, you have essentially a bunch of modes, a bunch of ways that the atoms can vibrate. They can they can go in this sort of wavelength, they can go in this shorter wavelength, they can go in long wavelengths, right? They can do all these things in different wavelengths. And you simply say, all right, you, you do what's called equal partitioning. You say that at every point... That this, that they have energy that they can radiate out. That's what you know. They will radiate out an equal amount of energy at every point. So okay. at, at the at the small point, uh, you know, when at long wavelengths, that's how it'll. It, some of the energy will be in that, and some of the energy will be in the slightly shorter wavelength, and some of the energy will be in slightly shorter and slightly shorter and slightly shorter wavelengths. And that okay. will be an equal amount of energy that will be cut, that will come out in all of these possible wavelengths. And all these possible vibrations that can happen. Because there are some that are big vibrations and some that are small vibrations. And they'll simply radiate away. The energy will just radiate away equally across all of these possible vibrations that that can happen. Okay, so what this is showing 
is that the radiance for something that's at 5,000 K is a lot more than something at 4,000. All right. So I, I get it. Okay. I get the graph a lot better now. I get the graph right. You have a material at a temperature, and this is the distribution of the wavelengths. Mm-hmm. Of, of light that are emitted. Right. So, so you get very little light of the wavelength that's less than half of a nanometer. So the, the long wavelengths roughly are close to the same for the equipetition, right? I mean, they're very mm-hmm. low, right. and you would expect that, right? Because there's not a lot of long wavelengths, and there are much more wavelengths as you get shorter and shorter. And in fact, in classical theory, there is no boundary, right? You can get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. You can get wavelengths of infinitely small size. Mm-hmm. And so that means that if you equal partition up to the smallest, the, the wavelength just going to get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And the amount of energy sure. is the same throughout. So this is going to hit infinity, which means that everything, according to this, which is called the Rayleigh-Jeans Law, according to this spectrum, mm-hmm. whenever you put energy into something, it should radiate away almost imme- effectively immediately right. as so, okay. ultraviolet radiation. I get it. So looking at this diagram again, we have the, spec- the visible spectrum uh-huh. uh, marked on the on the graph there. And if you compare 5,000 to 4,000, you can see that 5,000 has a higher ratio of purple to its maximum radiance than the 4,000 does. Mm-hmm. And you can see that the 4,000 has a higher ratio of red to its maximum radiance than the 5,000 does. Mm-hmm. So the higher the energy in the system, the better it can drive the shorter wavelength. Right. Yes. But but there's a... So remember that according to the classical law, it should just... Right. It should get to a point where it just... Right. You should just be putting out all... All wavelengths, all the time. All the time. And that is an ultraviolet. That's the ultraviolet catastrophe. Essentially, according to the okay. classical law. All right. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So, yes, because, oh, this stuff stops putting out light. Or, I'm sorry, I make it super hot. And I'm not seeing... Uh, all the energy I'm not seeing more ultraviolet than yeah. I am seeing visible light. Mm-hmm. That's the catastrophe. Yeah. Click. Boom! Okay. So I get the graph. So we don't know why there at 5000 K there is less ultraviolet than there is yellow. Mm-hmm. When you're putting... So why is the classic theory... Why does the classic theory predict that there is more ultraviolet than... Well, because the curves... Because everything we observe up to... Yellow is more and more because it it it, it's, it seemed to match predictions at a low temperature, uh, roughly. I mean, for, with, sure, but and, but why is the prediction? Why is the classical theory that it just goes up at a accelerating curve? It was because that was assumed the way that you, it was assumed that you could fit in it and smaller, smaller, smaller wavelengths. You could just there was no reason that you but couldn't it, just make everything smaller and smaller and smaller. There wasn't... 
in the classical theory, there was nothing that prevented you from oscillating at just smaller and smaller and smaller wave, and smaller and smaller. All right. And smaller oh, so I'm trying to, I'm imagining my jump rope, yeah. which I'm using my arm to move up and down, right? Mm-hmm. And it takes so much harder to do each higher wavelength. With, right. You know, it takes more energy, fast. You know, because you have to move faster and faster. And I'm, this is probably very different than how photons do it, right? My arm moving yeah. is probably very different than how photons do it. So maybe it's not even a valid imagination. It's, but it's more that's or kind less of what, the same. so it's kind of what I'm thinking about, right? I'm thinking about how I can see where my system, which is my shoulder, uh-huh. can do up to a certain point, right. and then if you know, trying to do more is. I'm hitting an energy limit. Yeah, you know? Well, there was no mechanism like your shoulder. Right. In how they understood how a black body worked. So there was no mechanism that, yeah, your shoulder gets more and more tired and more and more unable to work mm-hmm. to, pro- to provide the amount of energy. But there wasn't any mechanism in classical mechanics that would prevent that. But you're holding it at a steady temperature, so you would figure that... Now, how do we... What does... This, okay, so... I don't understand... I don't understand. Mm-hmm. The drop-off seems more intuitive to me than the classical theory. Okay. Why? Because those wavelengths are getting so short that the energy is kind of tied to the temperature of the body. And it can only drive based on the temperature so much, right? I mean, I would expect that... 6,000K would be shifted okay, a little bit more to the left, remember and 7,000K would be shifted a little bit more to the left, and then uh, a billion K would be even more to the left, and a trillion K would be even more to the left, and a quadrillion K would be even more to the left. Remember that these are, though, as I was saying, these are not your arm. These are hypothetical... Well, I, I but I'm just thinking about energy now, right? Because the temperature is kind of the amount of energy in the well, system. What's the mechanism that, that causes that to happen? Why does it get harder? What mechanism... By what mechanism does it get harder to throw out energy at the higher wavelengths? What is stopping the atoms from simply vibrating at smaller and smaller and smaller wavelengths? Well, I think it's the same thing that something with low energy doesn't put out any light, right? It's not energetic enough to put out the light. It puts out stuff in the infrared. Oh, okay. But yeah, you know, it goes up, right? The more energy you put into the system, mm-hmm. the more light, it, the more radiance it has. Yeah. And you can see it, like in those three lines, it shifts to the left in each one. Mm-hmm. So if you put a million times more energy into it, it's going to shift to the it left. Shift that much, right? Well, I mean, sure. Okay, so why? It really does sort of peak in that visible range. It do, well it does peak in the visual range. Maybe that's why we evolved that way. But. Uh, I mean, you you can get kind of hot. You can get beyond this, but it, it turns out to be very, very difficult. Yeah. What I'm saying is, it, it seems intuitive to me that to put out ultra short wavelengths, you need ultra high well, energy. I mean, that's great that it, that it's intuitive, and it may seem intuitive to some people then, but they didn't mm-hmm. have a mechanism to explain. Okay. Why. All right. So, th- because there was nothing in their understanding of atomic theory. Okay, so I don't understand the mechanism that makes a black body put out, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, the wavelengths that it does do, let alone. Right. So, I mean, even if you can say, okay, that it seems intuitive, unless you can describe the mechanism by which it works, it still doesn't matter whether it seems intuitive or not. Unless you can describe why it's doing that, then it, uh, then you don't have an answer. 
and, and the best mechanism they could come up with, it didn't seem like it should do this. And this was the catastrophe, right? Because they didn't understand why was this happening. Because there was no mechanism to to be like your arm and have a harder and harder time. It just mm-hmm. seemed like the energy would be equally partitioned out. Okay. Yeah, I'm so I I appreciate everything I learned so far. I don't the the part I'm not getting now is and it's probably too crazy to understand, but the classical theory and why you would expect an infinite amount of infinitely short wavelengths at 5,000K. It was the way people thought about things at the time. I mean, that's the best I can give you because we're not there. But why does the science point that way? Uh, Because of the way statistical mechanics seem to work with... As you got, as things got to a higher and higher temperature, things got smaller and smaller, and they vibrated more and more. Uh, and if you just simply let that go, you just simply graph that as, as a function, then it just goes up like that. Okay. So it, it was they didn't understand it. They they clearly did not understand it, and they didn't understand what was causing this to happen. Because, like I said, there wasn't a mechanism. Right. Okay. And this didn't get solved. So this is a catastrophe. This is a catastrophe. They didn't understand. They had no idea why it was doing that. Even if some of them, like you, thought that it was intuitive that it would work like that. You can't explain why. I can't explain why I think it's intuitive. It just just seems to me that, yeah, I don't have the equations, right? I just have the, well, it's energy, stupid, right? You know? (laughs) But I don't have the equations, so... Uh, so it it turned out that a guy named Max Planck came up with the answer to this. You, I'm sure you've heard the name. He probably said, it's energy, stupid. No, he was tasked by the German government with finding out how to make the most efficient light bulbs. And he was and trying he to... He didn't invent LEDs? <laughs> he was... And I mean, they were working with coils that heated up. Mm-hmm. And, and they wanted to figure out how to get the most uh, radiance out of you know so close. And so he was working with it, and he, and he was trying to understand the spectrum, and he couldn't. And he kind of guessed one day. He said in his notes, he says it was a moment of desperation, because there was a there there is a pattern this follows. If you assume that energy can only be released on certain vibrational modes on certain multiples of a very tiny number. So kind of like an octave idea, right? Where there's mm-hmm. uh, a, a, a a natural beauty to res- right, yeah. Something. There's there, right. there's there's some number here that allow that that all these waves simply when they get to a certain energy it just becomes harder and harder for them to push out the mechanism was this this number and this number turned out to be what we call H now Planck's constant 6 point something times 10 to the negative uh... so he has a constant and a length huh well his kids their length is related to the constant it's the same number it's just it's just put into a uh into a radii instead of instead of, um, but it's, it's essentially the the maximum amount of energy, or, or or the the way that you can cut up versions of energy, and to him, this was just a mathematical trick. 
There wasn't yeah. a real reason why he could explain why this was taking place, but he did notice that this relationship between the spectrum and this small, tiny number. And that's kind of... Uh, that, and that is the very, very beginnings mm-hmm. of understanding quantum mechanics. Okay. Cool. Did you see that battle on Game of Thrones? I did. I was not impressed with it this episode. Mm-hmm. I was I I was really kind of let down by it to be honest with you. Really? Yeah. You party pooper. Um I, I I felt like the other battles like I mean like Hard Home last year was fantastic. The episode where they uh where they fought the White Walkers. Okay. That was that was amazing. This just seemed This one well, I mean, it seemed a little 300 with the slow motion, mm-hmm. but I thought that part was even though it seemed uh you know, taken from the idea of 300, I, I thought it was I thought it really pulled emotion and I thought it was, you know, the slow down, the the focal object coming in and him, you know, you know, like horses oh, jumping it, over. It, it, was, it was shot well. I thought yeah, I thought it was very sh- oh, I thought it was shot Really well. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so my other thoughts. When they let... Um, I can't think of any names now. Bolton. Ramsey. Ramsey Bolton let uh, the Stark kid go. Brigitte, or what's his name? Uh, uh, Rickon. 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 Rickon let go. Like, I... Well... I, I told someone I expected him to release the hounds at that yeah. point, and but I understand why because if you're going to use the hounds in one of two places, the place where they use the hounds was better. Yeah. yeah. So they couldn't release the hounds mm-hmm. earlier because then too many hounds, yeah, right? Yeah. And someone's like, "Well, he probably has a ton of hounds." I'm like, it "Doesn't matter." Storytelling wise, you can only use the hounds in one place. Yes. So, I. I am surprised. What I mean? I, did they background him earlier being a really good archer? Not really. Well, no. Yeah, they kind of did. They had had him archery. They, I think archery. They, I thought yeah, they did, yeah. right? But, I mean, that was. I thought the move to let him run was too ballsy. I mean, that was not like, not that was like an that, impossible shot. Why would John just completely disregard what he's been told earlier in the episode, which is that he's going to do the, that right. exact thing? I want to spoil something, but did you see a meme thing about that this week? No. Here, give me your computer. Yeah, Yeah, find it here. That and also that Sansa decided not to tell Jon, oh, by the way, there's a whole other army coming. Yeah. It it just felt, it, it felt lazy. It felt like lazy storytelling. That and the Daenerys stuff also felt like lazy storytelling. The whole thing felt kind of lazy. Okay. Oh, I think I may have heard about this. Uh, I think it's a pretty good plan. We should be able to pull it off this time. Uh, what do you think of Duel? Can you give Gotta me a see the video, too, quick? but yeah. this is Jon Snow's tribute uh, to Leroy Jenkins. Yeah, give me a sec. I'm coming up with 32.33 uh, all repeating, of percentage of survival. <laughs> 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 the Ventrilo, yeah, like, yeah, uh, talking uh, over. All right, thumbs up. Ready, guys? Let's or... do this. Leroy <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my god, he just ran in. <laughs> Save him! Oh jeez, stick to the plane! Oh jeez, let's, let's go, let's go. Stick but to the plane, <laughs> Stick to the plane! Oh jeez. I'm sorry oh, if you fuck. can't see the video. Hurry up. Shout out. I can't I can't move, am I lagging guys? I can't move! <laughs> what, the, what the hell? I can't move! Oh my god. The Uggs keep taking more responding! I don't think you can catch the, the huge circle, yeah. the being encircled, and the little voice things are moving around this huge battlefield. Oh my god. God damn it, Leroy. God damn it. Leroy, you moron. This, this is ridiculous. It's all mass. I'm down, fucking down. God damn it. This is ridiculous before I can be moving. God. Oh, Spiffy Why Reza. Spiffy Why do you Reza. do this shit, Leroy? I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. Uh, oh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Leroy! <laughs> it's when Jon Snow runs back to his horse, hops on the horse, and runs into the battlefield. And uh, that's when they played the Leroy <laughs> And then everything else was just cut to support the audio. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was it's. Um, I I don't know. I, I I wasn't too impressed by it. I, I felt like the storytelling really was lacking in the episode, and it seemed like a bunch of. You know, I was so impressed by the three hundred style footage when the cavalry was coming in, mm -hmm. but I, you know, in hindsight, I think you're right. Right? I mean, the whole turning the tide, and then all the way to Ramsey's demise. Like, it was too easy. Yeah, right? you know, Ramsey died too easily. It, it yeah, it felt like it, it. It felt unearned. Yeah, a lot of it felt unearned. All all the stuff with and all the stuff with in Marine too also felt unearned because it wasn't really established. Uh, they they have, Dan, like in the last episode, they had Danny just walking out onto a platform. I'm here now. And there wasn't like any discussion, and then she then she has an argument with Tyrion, but then she gets convinced all of a sudden to, to be nice. Her Dothraki comes in, and they, they destroy one ship, and then that's it. The battle's over, and it, it really felt like all right, we're just gonna wrap this up. It not, none of it felt earned, so it it hurt the episode for me. It really did, right? So speak. So Silicon I felt, bad for, I felt bad for the giant. Oh, one one. Is that his name? Yeah, that's his name. I I, I saw. I think it was uh, Sepinwall who said that one one was sort of like Danny's dragons, and then he was uh, equalizer to fights that John shouldn't possibly win. Right. But he was sort of like the equalizer. I mean, it kind of was, right? Yeah. I mean, he had weight. He was a pincushion and yeah. still fighting. It mm -hmm. was. It doesn't matter that you have ten times the mass of. All the humans, that many spears and arrows in you, and you're well. It did fighting. eventually kill him. Well, right. I mean, I, I, I was, I'm, I'm fine with one one being that, right? Being the, the thing that that helped, put push John over the edge when when he shouldn't have had, otherwise. But now he's dead, and uh, so he doesn't have that to rely on. Right. But it's okay. He'll be flying a dragon at the end. Anyway. Dragon has three heads. So that means Anaris is going to be flying one. He's gonna be flying one, and probably Tyrion's gonna be flying one. Hmm. Interesting. All right, yeah, Silicon Valley. So it turns out that the app kind of sucks. 
Not because the app sucks, but because they do a terrible job of explaining what the app does. Now, right. did you catch though what they how they were explaining what the app does? I don't know. So they were saying that all your information is shared amongst all people. Oh, right. There was the peer-to-peer peer shard. Peer-to-peer, but it's all sharded so no one can see it. But somehow it still takes up no information. Right. All the all, Well, your data doesn't take up any space. Everyone else's data on yeah. your phone takes up space. But maybe that's stored not on phones, but on computers with big hard drives. I, yeah, that was kind of... Yeah, it didn't make any sense. It was, it was double... It was... Maybe they meant it, you know, the people that catch, like, mm-hmm. cloud. Yeah, it's the cloud, man. Yeah. You know, well, like, what, what I did like about it was that they kind of uh, took expectations and, and they uh, they flipped it a little bit by not having, uh, when, um, it's uh, Thomas Milch's characters, and, uh, um, Richard, when, when, not, when Richard interrupted the... Um, the focus group. Oh, yeah. He, you know, he had the makings of it was it was going to be a disaster, but it actually wasn't a disaster. He just he had to go through an hour long explanation of what it was. But then they were like, oh, they, right. I so, like I mean, that was an interesting flip, <laughs> yeah. right? Because it was going to be a disaster. It wasn't a disaster, but it is a disaster because you, you can't need an hour to explain because <laughs> you does. can't do that. Yeah. And then even so, when they started doing that, Bernice was the only one who got it. Yeah. Uh, but, and then it turns out they're using what which is, I believe, illegal by the nature of their contract to use Indian or, or, or other... Or, um, oh. It was, it was implied, at least Indian. Uh, oh, the... Um... Bangladesh yeah. or what, Pakistani, I guess, yeah. or no, well, whatever it was, it yeah. was foreign stuff to to, to push Quick up the farms. numbers. Quick yeah, farms, yeah. farms. So Jared took that on on yeah. his own, and oh, hey, I, that, this guy fucks. What surprised me, right? I mean, I think they were trying to show, show how much he cares for the company, and I think he's they're trying to show that he thinks that giving a little more runway. Mm-hmm. That they can fly, and he's just trying to lengthen that runway because Richard was ready to shut that shit down. Right. I, it's not big head, right? So this is not going to end well. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm curious to see how the, how the you know this is the last. But it's crazy because Jared is normally very straight laced, and but this his passion took over. Yeah. His passion for you know we cannot shut this down. We need just another two weeks. So I'm going to give us two weeks by hiring click farmers. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel. I mean, it's great. It's great storytelling because I don't know how I feel about that. Right. You know, I, I don't. I, but I you, you can you can kind of buy that Jared would do something like that. Not. See, I, I can. I'm shocked that Jared did something like that. I am shocked, 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 shocked. But then it's like, oh, maybe he loves. I mean, it's not just it's not just blind love though. It's kind of this calculated. Mm-hmm. Like I think that this 
because he's not he he analyzes and well, ana- uh, he well, analyzes risk right it's not like he doesn't pay yeah. attention to risk well they he's have that, not they have the runner to sort of explain it which is Guilfoyle was constantly he was lying the entire episode mm-hmm. Guilfoyle was constantly right. calling him out on his lies right. and at the end Guilfoyle knew he was lying but he let it go anyway yeah so they yeah. did have the runner of Jared was lying the entire episode. Yeah, it's just I've never seen Jared take. He has never gone rogue. You know, he is a loyal soldier mm-hmm. to to Rick, Rich, and yeah, Rich, Richard Henry, Richard Henry, Rich. He's he's a loyal soldier, and now he's gone By the way, rogue. Monica was a name he couldn't remember. Monica's yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he's gone rogue, but he's doing it for good intentions because he he's not doing it to. I feel that he's not doing it for personal benefit. He's doing it because he wants the company to succeed. And he thinks that by putting up this charade, he can get him over the hump. Mm -hmm. I just can't see that being a successful strategy. What about the Huli box? (laughs) We had a joke about that on our Slack channel at work, for sure. This is the location where your <laughs> your hooey uh, end frame box will go. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where it's going to go. This you know, wrap up the season. They got renewed at least for one more season. So. Oh, right, right, but I don't know where. It, I don't know how they're going to wrap the season from here. We'll see. We'll see. It probably. I mean, it'll probably be. Will be like, will Jared's gambit be discovered and like crash at the end there, and that'll be the end of the season, or will it be better than that? Uh, I, I I don't think that you you should go into the show expecting it to be a a, a feel good. <laughs> well, right, but it also seems too easy that it ends with you know um, the investors finding out of Jared's gambit, and that be it, right? Yeah. There's It almost feels like there needs to be another up before the finale down. I, I, I don't I don't know I, yeah. I really don't know where if it's that's the go. finale down I'm gonna be pissed right I, I won't I want one more glimmer of hope before they crush it. And I know they're gonna crush it. I you know, I'm not worried about that. Yeah. But I want I want one more glimmer of hope. It probably happen if not this season then next season. Before the end of the season, I wanted, I wanted like, oh yeah, they pulled out of Jared's gambit, but then something out of left field smacks him in the face. <laughs> That's what I want. I don't want Jared. Jared's gambit was too telegraphed to be, to just have that discovered and fuck the company mm-hmm. and be done with the season. That's yeah. not good. Well, we'll find out. Yeah. Do you know how many episodes are left? Just one. Just one? Well, then I'm less optimistic that... <laughs> <laughs> They're going to um, not use Jared's There's Gambit. There's one episode of Game of Thrones left. There's one episode of Silicon Valley left. Yeah, that's it. I knew it was close. I just was hoping there was three. <laughs> so, uh, what's the deal with next week? What's the deal with next week? Uh, I will let you know. Um, we're going to... We haven't booked any campgrounds yet. It's a busy weekend. We might have problems finding campgrounds. If we do, I'll be here. Heather... Likes to leave, thinks that leaving Friday night would be too difficult. Um, 
I disagree. I think that with the sun being up till nine o'clock, nine thirty at night, that we can leave after work on Friday. Um, so that's my preference. If that's the case, you know, we'll book one in the next day or two. And I'll let you know. All right. If I, if you know, I can't do Saturday. We might be able to do Friday. If we can't do either, I will let you know as soon as I can. Sounds good. Why don't you have another egg and we'll finish up? Have here. another egg on the air. Why not? Alright. Should I eat the whites with the spoon? You can if you want to, but there's shells in there. I don't know why. <laughs> that, that was why it was like, eh. <laughs> Yeah. I can make these anytime. It's so weird. It is really weird. Undercooked whites are like scary. I kind of like them. I mean, you give them. If you just if you don't like them at all, you can put them on a frying pan for a few seconds. I, I understand that. It's just the I know the the odds of getting salmonella. They're cooked. Are real I mean, it, it's been cooked at 150 degrees okay. for an hour. There, there's nothing. Okay, it's not gonna no, no so the whites even the clear part of the whites yeah. are yeah sanitary. Those are good jokes. Yeah. Damn, are those good jokes. Hmm. <laughs> I'm glad you like them, because, yeah, I, I love them. I think I'm going to make uh, more, and I'm going to try different things with them. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to figure out what to do with those. Um... So good. I can't believe how cheesy it is. Like how much like it's mm-hmm. like brie. Yeah, I, I don't know. If you um, break the yolk and blend some together, I wonder what the texture is like compared to you right. know, the intact yeah. texture. I mean, I guess you could you could turn to like she- you could almost make it like sheets almost. You could, but yeah, it feels that'd like, be really hard to do. It feels like the texture is is. Like I said, I think there would be that with like a sushi. It reminds me kind of, um, you know, when you have like quail eggs or Mm -hmm. something on, you know, that. Yeah. Because those are typically like over easy. They're kind of, that's kind of what it is, right? It's kind of like a runny egg with just like. Yeah, yeah. It's just strange transitions into solid enough. But it has all that yumminess that an over easy has that a hard boiled doesn't. You're right. I've had some pretty good hard boils. I use Alton Brown's um, bake them in the oven method. Okay. And that's pretty good. It's a lot better than boiling hard boiled eggs. Sure. But it's not this. Yeah. It's closest to this, but it's still very far away. Yeah. It's it's that cheesiness. Is that texture that was just like? Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. It's like super melty brie. Mm-hmm. Damn. And super rich because it's, a, it's mm-hmm. an egg yolk. Yeah. You need to try different kinds of eggs. I could, but I mean, then I have to really play around with, I mean, like your temperature. Yeah, where do you buy? Yeah. Where do you buy Oh, I can quail get quail eggs, eggs easy, Can't but you? ostrich eggs is, is harder to find, and uh, they're huge. And um, That's a lot of yolk. That might be too much for one person. Yeah. 
I'm trying to think what you could do with that. Like, other than just eating the spherical yolk by itself, what could you do with that? You could use it on toast. Oh, for sure. Right. You can just spread it on, on crackers like you would uh, cheese. It doesn't quite have, I mean, it, it doesn't quite have, like, the flavor of a cheese, though, right? So it doesn't, it, to, if you spread it on crackers, it doesn't, it, it's much more about the texture than it is about the flavor. Mm-hmm. The texture, the flavor. I'm is, trying to think, like, of egg dish, like, deviled eggs or egg salad where you use yeah. the yolks from this and the whites that are more traditional, mm-hmm. but that, that's a waste of a bunch of eggs, right? So how you can do that? Let's see. Let me try some of these whites. Gooey, slimy whites. Other than the fact that it needs white and it needs salt, it, 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 it's fine. Yeah. The nice thing is they come out of the shell really easy. An egg salad might be pretty crazy. Yeah, if you cut that into like little chunks and just have that... I was thinking, so what if you whip the yolks? Would that be better or not? I don't think so. I think you, no, you don't wanna, we don't lose that, te- you're gonna lose yeah, that texture. Yeah, the texture is so good. It might be worth trying whipping the yolks, though. Just see I want to try it sweet. I want to try it like with either powdered sugar on the yolk or like torched sugar. Okay, so with these whites, what if you whip these and turn them into a meringue? Okay. And then like, would they would they meringue? They're already cooked. They're denatured. Yeah, they wouldn't. Put some powdered sugar in there and just whip them and see what happens. Just uh, just cover the, the yolk in powdered sugar. But I'm saying the whites, right? Take the uh, whites, some powdered sugar, and just blend them and see... I don't know what you'd get. Probably be too coagulated, right? Yeah. I think it's worth a try, because otherwise you're going to have tons of whites you're going to be throwing out. Oh, who cares? The it's, it's the yolks are the interesting part. Right. It's not like eggs are expensive. I know. But if you can make it, and meringue. I'm fine with the white. I think the whites are fine, and, and, and especially if you put it. And if you don't like the whites, like I said, you, you put it on the frying pan for 15 seconds, and they're fine. Mm-hmm. So it's not uh, the, right. no huge loss there. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what else to do. I mean, your idea, you know, crackers like using it as cheese. Makes sense. I'm trying to think of something new. Something. I don't know. I know, but it's a cool discovery. Yeah. Put it on Brie. (laughs) That would just be like double richness. Exactly. Never too much richness. Uh, yeah, I guess that's it. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. All right.